Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a great week. We're back. We're not just back with me, but Britt is across from me. Cheers. Cheers. We are, uh, we're, we're pretty much back. I know this is not when we normally release, but it's a, it's a slow process. I am getting 100% back, so just bear with us. So, Britt, how you been? I mean, I know how you've been, but I know our listeners, they miss you. I've been good. It's been a very chaotic month you've been a really good caretaker though thanks so i appreciate you taking care of me and y'all that's love she did not kill me um she didn't even like give me meds to make me knock you know be knocked out for hours on end so she could have some peace no but i did drink you did drink but i was a decent patient i think you were good okay good that's good to know sorry for the pause i was swallowing a drink that's all right um so yeah so look we have, uh, we've had a couple of emails about um, our Zoom consults, and just to let you guys know that if you want a Zoom consult, you can do a Zoom for anything. If you just want to talk about something, if you want help with something, you do not have to buy a package. You can do it as a one-off. Um, we have our Zoom sessions for $125, and then if you just want a 30-minute conversation, it's 75 bucks. So if you guys want that, all you have to do is email us. Brittany can set you up with a Zoom. Um, and it's not just with me. If you want one with Gray, if you've got service dog work, therapy work, anything like that, um, Amanda is available. So just know that you guys, we have all of that available for you. Um, you don't have to be local to get our help. We want to help as many people as we possibly can. And again, be sure that you are following us on Instagram. That's where we post most of our stuff. I am trying to get back to doing a little bit more Facebook. Uh, just make sure that you're going in and commenting to make sure we keep coming up in your feed. Um, I don't know how all that stuff works, but... Oh, the algorithms. Oh, the algorithms. Yeah, I don't understand it, but I just know that we have more followers than, than we're actually getting um, interaction with. So I just want you guys to know that make sure you go and find us and, and 
you know, respond to the, the post so that you can keep up with what we're putting out. So, cause I'm, I'm trying to take over the social media and oof, I might try to start putting on some training videos of other trainers just to do some breakdowns of that. So be sure you're going to follow that. Um, that's what I got there. And, uh, Britt just made this great decision here that uh, the next five people that email us with questions for the podcast, for our next listener questions, uh, we're going to mail you a Dog Speak podcast sticker. Put it, put, on a, put it on your Yeti. Put it on your Yeti. Put it on a glass. Put it on whatever you want. Um, we have, uh, I have on my Yeti, looks like custom made, but they're just our Dog Speak podcast stickers. Um, but I think they're really cute. So be sure you are. It's on my computer. Um, it's on your computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So yeah, just let us know. Just shoot us a question, and we'll put it on our listeners' questions here in a few weeks. Uh, one more thing before I forget: um, if you are local, there is a new amazing pet care facility, uh, veterinary, um, boarding, cat, all kinds of things happening in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And um, it is, I, I don't want to say the name right now because I will mess up the name because it's a, it's a long name. So I don't want to mess that up, but I will tell you guys about it. You can find more about it on our website um, here in the next couple of weeks. We'll have the information up. We will be there actually with a table. They're having a grand opening and it's July the 15th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will be there with our table. We'll be giving away some things. Come meet us. Come talk to us. Let's just have some conversation and then check this place out. We we're hoping to get some group classes started there. Um, so if you're in Murfreesboro or near that area, Dog Speak's coming to you. So be ready. Come out and meet us and, and see us. And uh, and hopefully, you know, maybe we'll even have sheets for sign up at that point if you're ready to join in group class. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be just wonderful. And it's a it's a wonderful group that's doing this. They're fear free, force free, and everything that we believe in. So. All right, that's all my spill. That's what I got right now. What are we talking about today? Um, I don't know where you found this little article. It's sort of cute, I guess. I get articles sent to me, you know, just by different Well, the platforms. title of it is super vague, so you're never sure with these if it's like, is this a fun article? Is this like some douchebag <laughs> who's about to tell you to <laughs> kick your dog for doing these things? I don't know. Anyway, the title is... Ten naughty dog behaviors. Oh, naughty. Uh, Anyway, I think this one is this one's kind of fun. It's not. It's not super serious, but uh, they are legitimate manners issues and could be behavioral issues. And so, you know, thought it would be good for you to discuss what to do if your dog display some of these I things. love that because I'm I would like to I'm back to, I want to get back to getting you guys some action items yeah and sorry if you heard me just hit that I'm having to take my sweatshirt off because well hot flashes oh, oh yeah. and thanks for the guys thanks for the ones that have sent me information on how to deal with hot flashes hot flashes hot flashes I'm on some black you've cohash some really, you've had some really good uh <sighs> advice I'd you? have but um yeah it comes and goes but anyway sorry yeah so I thought we'd do like the the first five all right let's do it and then uh for this episode we can save the other five for another sounds good all right so this first one is singing along to the music now it's a little a little vague here i don't know if that means your dog is howling during songs or 
they're calling dogs barking excessively singing. So I'm not quite sure. I'm going to assume it's the dogs that are howling howling. to songs, right? And I know a lot of people love that. And there's actually some amazing, cute videos out there of dogs that are howling along and singing along. Those huskies. A lot of the huskies. Here's the thing. You want to be real careful with something like that because it's cute, but we don't know if it's truly hurting your dog's ears and that's why they're howling versus they just really enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I don't encourage people to try to get your dog to howl if they're naturally doing it. Maybe they're doing it at times where the, there's not real loud or high pitched sounds. Then maybe they just really enjoy it like huskies. But I do know that a lot of dogs will do it just because that high pitch, think about the, you know, the emergency sirens going off. Dogs will howl with that. Um, I don't think it's that healthy for our for, for our dogs to do it. If your dog does it, I'm not going to freak out, but I'm not going to encourage it. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's just not enough education on it to know what's really happening. And we just don't want to cause our dog trauma. Yeah. Right? As you guys know how much we've talked about trauma. If I'm not sure, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to push it. Yeah. I mean, vocalization is normal. Yeah. Um, especially for a dog like a husky. Absolutely. I mean, wolves howl. Dogs yep. howl. Dayan used to howl whenever you would cheer for football games. Oh, yeah. If, I, if we, games. Yeah, if we got a home run, <laughs> I would hoop and holler, and she would come and match it. Yeah. And so, and now looking back, I would encourage her to do it. I don't think I'd do that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of, as we, as we grow and, and as more studies are coming out I, I would just rather play it on the safe side yeah that's that's the biggest thing because I because we've talked about how a lot of border collies um have sound sensitivities and it's that high-pitched noise that doesn't sound high-pitched to us that can really affect them and I know Isabella has some of that to where she's just like whoa yeah. I can't handle that that tone is too much for me so yeah, I think I've talked about this before. It's um like fiddles she's not stoked about. Um, some horns. Yeah. Um, it's a certain tone. I mean, she doesn't howl, but. I mean, think about the, the dog whistles that people used to use mm-hmm. that you couldn't hear. We would use it almost as an aversive to dogs. So that's kind of one of the things you want to think about. Just if your dog is uncomfortable with noise, you know, don't make them sit in the car, ride along in the car with you with your radio blasting on 20. Because if your radio is blasting on 20, the dog's hearing it at 40. Right. So yeah. we just got to be real careful with our dogs and make sure that we're not contributing <laughs> to the hearing loss that they're going to, you know, eventually get more than likely yeah. as they get older. But get some mutt muffs. Get some mutt muffs. Yes, Absolutely. If you have a service dog and you take them to loud places, that's something that you should have. Get them used to wearing it. Uh, which brings up the whole 4th of July is around the corner. I'm seeing tents put up because, y'all, I get to drive now and I get to get out <laughs> and do some things by myself. And uh, a lot of tents are going up. So those sounds, even though they're not necessarily as high-pitched when they you know, when they blow up, but you have like those bottle rockets that go shooting in the air and it's very high-pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the boom isn't loud, that can hurt dogs' ears. So just please keep that in mind. All right, what's next? All right, that was number 10. Number nine, rolling around in something stinky. Oh, that's nasty. 
I had a dog that would roll in absolutely anything and everything to smell crappy. And she was a lot of hunting dog in her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fairly normal. Um, I would say that, that if your dog, don't automatically assume if your dog is rolling in the grass that they're rolling on something stinky. I think that a lot of dogs just like to roll and just feel good. And it, and it really kind of scratches the back. But there are dogs, and I would say a lot of more hunting dogs, that are, uh, you know, kind of getting that scent on them. Um, and I would think that it's an innate uh, behavior that they're using to cover up their odor as they're going out hunting, right? So Bandit was a Beagle, Bassett, Dotson, Chow, Corgi. That's what I'm going to go with because that's what she looked like on everything. And I wish I had DNA back then. But yeah, she would do it. And I really do believe that a lot of times it's dogs that have that hunting aspect and they just want to make sure that they're not leaving their scent out there. Um, but don't think that every dog that's rolling is going to, you know, roll in something stinky. So don't freak out. Because if you start freaking out, you're going to add a lot of excitement to it. And then your dog may actually increase its behavior. Yeah, get some, get a good groomer. Yeah. Get some good shampoo. Yeah. And if your dog wears a <laughs> collar, most time it's on a, you know, the, the stinky's on the collar and you can just take it off and wash it. But, you know, keep some pet wipes around. Yeah, it's Use when I those. see the uh, the face go to the ground and rub on the ground that I'm like, oh man. Yeah, it's a really Dang specific. It. Yeah, that it's like that. There's the sniff, sniff. There's and a then sniff, sniff, and then side of the head that's goes right. down, and I'm like, no. It's like your cheek laying it's on the pillow. Slow motion. Yeah, it really is, which is a little different. And yeah. so, just you know, one of the things you can do if you see your dog doing that, do a leave it. Or call your dog back to you. Or, or a really good one to do is just take some yummy treats and just throw towards your dog. They may hit that stinky item, but it could break your dog enough to go after the treats and forget about the stinky. Yeah. All right. So you can play a scatter game. Be like scatter and just throw some treats. And that can prevent your dog from doing it. You don't want to just scream at your dog to stop. You need to really give them another behavior to do. Because in that moment, that's kind of what they're kind of everything is pushing them to do so we need to give them something else that may be more rewarding so having a handful of treats and throwing that super you know, rewarding to super, yeah 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 i mean if you have a good recall great but most dogs are not going to run back to you on that because just most people don't teach great recalls yeah um isabella has a good leave it and she has a good automatic leave it we've passed several like dead animals on our walks and she might sniff for a second but she just walks past it. That's and then great. she gets lots and lots of treats. That's great. And yeah. I've seen little man try to roll in things. He's not good at it. <laughs> um, he misses it, which is fine. Um, I don't. I don't know. Bless his heart. I mean, he has got terrier in him. So, but bless him. He doesn't. He doesn't really bother things. He's really good, and, and it's usually just something the cats have brought in the backyard. Yeah. He's not out looking for. It. I don't have to worry about it if we're out somewhere. He's like you know, walking in the woods. Obsessively. No, he's not obsessively. No, Bandit, you could guarantee it. If I took Bandit it. to the woods, I could guarantee you she was going to find something to roll in. I don't know if Isabella just doesn't care or she just doesn't notice it. Like, this is a dog who we are hiking and, like, stepped on a snake. Live snake. And then just kept walking, like, do-do-do. Like, no idea. And I was like, oh, I'm panicking. I'm having a panic attack. And she's like, what? I just don't think, she just doesn't even. I think that's her, her <laughs> genetics, right? She's like her. So... She's not 
aloof about for it. For her, there's so much happening in the environment that she's seeing it as a cluster and not seeing it as individual, oh, which can, can be dangerous, right? I can relate to exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people can, right? So it's like if you go to a carnival, you're seeing everything at once, which is very overwhelming. Whereas once you can get in and you, you know, you can start to kind of focus, you can see, okay, over there is the funnel cake. Over there is the little haunted house ride. Over there is the, you know, swings, whatever the case may be. I don't know if a lot of dogs have been given that opportunity to learn how to get in the environment and just single things out. One of the things I did with um, a client the other day, yes, y'all, I got my first in-person client <laughs> in six weeks. They were small dogs because I still can't, I still can't get jumped on or anything. But um, one of the things that was really big is this uh, little cavy is very leash reactive, but it's more of a barrier frustration. Mm-hmm. Loves the other dogs. It just gets frustrated on the leash. And so what we did is just, again, like I've told you guys to just go and just stand. So we walked out their front door. It's a, a very busy neighborhood uh, and community. Dogs, people, cars, bicycles, golf carts. I mean, it's it's a lot. And she lives close to the front, which is where they have the pond and the eating areas and stuff. So we walked out the front door, and I just stood there. And I just let the dog take it all in. And you could see how the dog's head was going left and right, left and right, up and down, left and right, up and down. And all I did was just stand there and wait until I got less movement of the head. And I would start rewarding least movement. And then the dog would start to focus on me, and then we would move a little. And what I ended up doing is having to where anytime we kind of made it to a new little area, so let's say her house was about two houses away from the end of the sidewalk before crossing a little drive. We got to that part, and we stopped and let him just take it all in. And what he started doing, and I didn't mean for this to happen, but I ran with it. What he started doing is every time I would stop and he would just start looking everywhere, looking everywhere. And you can watch the head and see mm-hmm. that they're not tuned into you by that kind of whipping around. He would eventually just kind of calm down and he'd turn around and look at me. I would reward him. And to me, I was taking that as the cue that he's ready for more. So then we'd go to the next little area and we'd do the same thing. And each time he was getting faster at turning around, looking at me and he would sit and I'd give him a treat. And it was like him saying, okay. I've handled this. I'm ready to take some more in. And we were able to see a couple dogs without having a fit. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think that a lot of dogs, they get out and they've never been taught to see things individually. And and if you really think about it, our society is so bad about throwing information at us so much at once. No wonder people are having a problem focusing, yeah. right? If people are having a problem focusing in a world that we were actually born to handle genetically, our dogs are not. And, and I think we need to really slow down and allow them to do that because that's also a safety. Mm-hmm. It's also a safety issue, right? If, if, if I was going to say Myers, if Isabella is not paying attention to her environment, yes, she can run up on a snake that's dangerous. She can run up on, you know, um, the end of a, a cliff right and just not paying attention i say that she's on leash but just make an example i mean and it i could run up on well yeah exactly (laughs) so we all need to make sure that we're learning how to focus and if you go back to the trauma series one of the things we talked about is kind of getting being in the moment and that's that's that grounding 
if you find yourself just taking your dogs for a walk and just not focused where you are, just stop and find something in the environment, right? Say, all right, I'm going to look for something blue. I'm going to look for a walnut tree. I'm going to look for a, you know, whatever. I'm going to find a mailbox that has a number two, right? And just get yourself in that moment because if you're not in that moment, then you can't help your dog because I guarantee your dog is struggling in that moment unless you've worked it enough. Yeah. So that's one of my kind of my favorite things that I worked on with that dog was just letting the dog control when they were ready to move forward, not trying to get out and walk, you know, around the block. It was just waiting. You did this to me the other day when I was working in the yard. Oh, yes, I did. I was not happy with you. So I am clearing brush back behind our fence. We've got, I don't know, what, 40 feet? Yeah, something like that. I'm better in yards. Um, <laughs> and you do, 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 do like, you know, 10 yards maybe. Yeah. So 30 feet. Um, and it's just all brush. It's never been cleared out. So back there clearing it. And I texted her and I was like, do you want to come out and see, like, the progress? Well, she didn't text me back. And I just went back to doing what I was doing, just raking and. I was funny. I was already coming to see you before I got that text. Weed eating. And no, not weed eating as far as a machine. She is not using machine. There's no noise because we need to preface that with what you're about to say. Oh, I'd already weed eated. I was yeah. raking. You yeah. were raking. But my mind was somewhere else. I mean, I was thinking about like, golly, I've got like so much more of this to do. I mean, yeah, whatever. How long were you standing behind me? I was probably less than five yards from you for about four to five minutes you even at times turned where I saw your full face it wasn't like I was hidden you literally my peripherals did not, not see good. me <laughs> like you did not I, I I thought I'm not gonna say anything I want to see how long she's gonna see because it's so important that you are aware of your surroundings and a lot of that comes from when I was doing search and rescue and recovery and missing people and I mean it's it's you got to be aware and you were not and I was not happy with you because somebody could have just come and stolen you from me nah they'd have probably <laughs> brought you back but but I it, was pretty stinky I don't think anybody but, even really but yeah and then when you did see me you screamed I did and threw threw crap. down your <laughs> tool scared the crap out of me man like well but you got to be aware right and so this is a part of as you guys know that the majority of training we do is for the people and training the people so I'm telling you if you want your dogs to be good you have to be able to focus and you have to be able to be in the moment and like you know I talked about with Amanda when we took Myers to the little picnic when I was still healing um, I should not have done that because I was nowhere in my right frame of mind mm -hmm. I wasn't really in the moment I was just, you know, and I set us both up for failure on that. But, um, yeah, that's the thing is, is humans get focused so your dogs can learn how to focus in the moment. Otherwise, they, they can't learn how to deal with things. All right. Good one. Next. Number eight. Giving sad puppy eyes to get treats. Oh, I think, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real and it's not going to be a popular. I just don't think dogs do that. I think we look at it and assume. We personify it. Yeah. And they realize it works. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how mm -hmm. good they are at, at noticing that small amount of change in their facial features mm -hmm. to say this is what's getting me the reward. 
I think it's for us that we are so desperate in wanting someone to look at us like that, that we just are going to see that our dog is doing it. That's a whole <laughs> podcast in and of itself. I mean, I'm just saying. Projecting onto your dog. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing is, if your dog does look at you and, and gives you those that look that you love, and, and we all we all have a dog who has that special look, and we know what it is. I don't think Easter. dogs are purposely doing it. I think it's just their way of being focused and being like, you got something I'd like to have. And here's the thing, guys. If your dog comes up and asks you for a treat, give it to them if they want it and if it's appropriate. Why are we all like, you ain't getting one just because you asked for it? What? Why? Why is that? People, are, I'm like, you need to reward your dog. What for? They didn't do anything. Number one, they just walked up to you. That's the come behavior. Two, they're giving you attention that you bitch about that you don't get. Mm-hmm. They're focused on you. And now you're mad at them for focusing on you. Right? So let's acknowledge that. And if you don't want to give them a treat, that's fine. But at least acknowledge them. No, baby, you cannot have a treat right now because we're going to have dinner here shortly. Just talk to them. There's nothing wrong with that. And and that's and I don't know if there's on this list if it's about dogs asking for attention and demanding attention. Um, I think that that's I think that's just a bullshit um, thing that people you know a lot of I say professionals in quotes say oh don't let your dog demand attention. I mean that's like saying don't allow your child to come up and say mom I need a hug mm-hmm. I need to be held. I mean, that's ridiculous. Dogs are not trying to control you when they do that. They're communicating their needs to you just like you communicate needs to them. It's not a one-way street. So, yeah, if, if here's the thing is if you don't like the way your dog is asking for attention, then ignore that and then give attention when they're giving you what you want. If you don't want your dog coming up and nudging you under the arm while you're wearing a, or while you're holding a hot cup of coffee, don't acknowledge it. But if your dog comes up and just sits and looks at you nicely, what a good puppy. I just already know Isabella's going to do it when I have my coffee. Yeah. So I just make sure that it's in the hand that she's not coming out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not going to ignore that because she's very forceful. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and it's just like we have to take some responsibility of what our dogs are doing. If they're doing something, it's because it's worked. If you don't like it, stop letting it work. If you don't care if your dog comes up and nudges your arm, then I don't care. Why would I care? It's not my arm. It's not my dog. I just want people to be aware of, don't get mad at your dog when they do it while you're holding your glass of wine. You got your beer. You got your plate of food. You got your hot coffee or hot tea. Whatever the case may be. You can't have it both ways. It's either okay or it's not. Uh Um, And of course, if you have a dog who does that and you have a hot cup of coffee as they're coming up to you and you think, oh, they might do that. Give them an incompatible behavior. Ask them to sit. Ask them to get on their place. Ask them to lay down. Right? Give them information because they're trying to give you information. We need to take that information and communicate back. But yeah, don't don't ignore your dog when they come to you. Jeez. Because then you're going to be bitching that the dog won't pay attention to you. Yeah. When they spent time trying to get your attention in the house, but you were so distracted in the house, cleaning, cooking, doing your laundry, watching your favorite show, you spent all this time ignoring them at that point, and then you get out to where they're in their world, 
and you're mad because they won't focus on you when they're doing the same damn thing to you that you did to them in the house. Ooh, I'm on fire now. Jeez. You okay? Yeah, but these things are just, (laughs) it's just kind of these things that I'm thinking about that I've not really thought about Mm -hmm. because for me, I've been so much into the trauma Mm -hmm. behavior world that I'm, you know, just kind of thinking about these little everyday things that we could do to improve that relationship. All right, good. Next. Number I'm seven. feeling good. Number seven. Woo-woo. Okay. Humping. Humping. All right. <laughs> so I was uncomfortable the way I just said that. Humping. Sorry. So, um, so I call it mounting behavior. Humping is a part of a mounting behavior. For me, the way I explain mounting behavior is that I feel like there are three types of mounting behavior. They're all very natural, very normal for dogs to do. We have a sexual mounting, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the purpose of um, that sexual process, reproduction, because that's normal. Procreation. Procreation. (laughs) With that, what you will get is you will get a dog who is much more focused on the process. You will get humping out of that. And it's typically not done in a nice way. Like, they're really grabbing on and trying to hold on. A lot of young puppies are not very good at it, so they might try to hump your head, um, hump another dog's head or a flank or things of that. Um, But even if your dog is altered, meaning spayed or neutered, they can still have that. So with that, what I look at when I see a dog giving me that sexual mount, um, I typically will interrupt it just because it's, usually in a very disrespectful way. So I will typically interrupt with a that's enough and a redirect. Now the other mounting behavior I call arousal mounting, which happens a lot of times during play. And this is just where they dogs will mount each other almost in a wrestling fashion. Uh, but it's really not meant for anything other than just play. Um, I, it happens typically so quickly, there's nothing to interrupt. And as long as the two dogs are able to interact and play, I'm not going to worry about that. Now, arousal mounting can turn into sexual mounting. So we do have to kind of watch that. And if you see that your dog is getting really worked up, as we've watched Myers and Isabella lately get Mm -hmm. really worked up in play, interrupt it. Mm -hmm. Just have them take a break. And we use our that's enough. Just take a quick break. And then they can go back and play once kind of, you know, the energy is de-escalated just a little. And then, of course, we have our dominant mounting, which is what everybody thinks mounting is, is is they're trying to be dominant. Typically, dominant mounting is not going to include humping. You're just going to get a chesting up. So it's like when people stick their chest out to be all bad. That's kind of what dogs are doing. And they'll typically do that on the front shoulder area and the neck area of other dogs. They will do it on the backside, but not as often. Dominant mounting can also turn into sexual mounting. Sexual mounting can turn into dominant mounting. So you can see how it all plays together. And again, with the interruptions, if it's affecting another dog's play, if it's, you know, if another, if the dog that's humping or mounting is disrespecting signals, I'm going to interrupt that. Otherwise, I'm not going to necessarily be all freaked out. And we got to stop being embarrassed when our dogs do this. It's not often that I get humped by a dog and I have, um, 
been humped quite a bit actually this year <laughs> mostly it's bulldogs believe it or not english bulldogs are the worst about it i don't know the reasoning for that and i don't know if there's any study out there for that um but if they do i just all i do is i will redirect them because i'm not going to ignore that i just redirect using kind of the side of the collar and then ask for an incompatible behavior go to their place sit or if they're just constantly doing it maybe even giving them a decompression um, time, which would be just a quick time out away from whatever it is. Um, if you do have a dog who's humping people, make sure though that you're putting them on a leash when they're approaching people and you're able to reward that four on the floor. And then don't be afraid to give your dog something to hump. If that is what they desire, don't be afraid to give them something to hump. Um, it can be, you know, not very comfortable, but you know, you can get one of those fake stuffed dogs, you can do a pillow, you can, but give it something maybe in their quiet space where they're not doing it just out in front of the family. But it is a natural behavior that dogs do. No, it's not comfortable for humans. No, it's gross. It is. (laughs) Myers was a bad humper when he came to us as a puppy. Actually, was about, what, three months. And he still likes to hump some. So I do interrupt because it affects the other dogs trying to play. So like if Clark and Mady are playing, he's trying to hump Mady or Clark, either one, because he'll take either one. And of course they're big and he's small, but he's interrupting their play. They're not interested in him. So that's my job to make sure I'm interrupting that behavior and teaching him to be a little more respectful. But he doesn't, he doesn't hump like abnormal things, Mm -hmm. right? He's not like a pillow humper. And I know there are dogs that, that do that. Um, and again, small dogs do that. A lot of small dogs, yeah. And I do think that a lot of times your mounting behavior can come from frustration. I can't get something, so I'm going to go get my frustration and I'm going to, you know, shake it and I'm going to hump it. Um, so I think that there's a lot of times frustration can come out that way. I wouldn't freak out about it. Just redirect and give your dog something if your dog truly has that in them to where maybe they didn't get neutered or spayed. Until they were six, seven, eight years old. Yeah, that may be something they still need to do. You can take away the parts, but the desire can still be there. We're going to move on from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, last one. Number six. Refusing to come when called. <laughs> <laughs> so this is such a common problem. And here's why. Because when our dogs come to us, when we don't ask them, we're really bad about ignoring them because of what we've already talked about. You're distracted. And sometimes when they're coming to you is when you have something yummy like your meal and you don't want to be irritated. So you get mad at them, yell at them, go tell them to lay down, whatever. And then the only time you want them to come is when you want to stop something fun or in the most inopportune time, or just, you know, randomly when you haven't worked on it, right? Your dog doesn't just naturally know what come means. You've got to work on it, and you can't work on it when you need it. When you need it, the only thing that's going to happen is what you have worked on. So you can't just wait until you're at the dog park and be like, oh, I'm ready to leave now, so I'm going to call my dog. That may work one or two times, but after that, mm mm-mm. And the other thing about it is people don't 
teach their dog what the behavior actually looks like when they say come. So ask people, what do you mean? What do you want the dog to do when they come? You answer that one because you know the Uh, answer I want. Yeah, I want them to come to me where I can put a hand on them. Yep. And stay there until I tell them otherwise. Yep. Most people are like, well, I just want them to come to me. Well, what does that look like? Well, if they just come close. Well, how close? All right. Ten feet, five feet, two feet. Well, I just want them to come in the house. Well, that's a very different behavior of coming in the house than coming to you. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very clear in the behavior we're teaching. And you can't be inconsistent. Come is always, for me, and what I teach, you come to me close enough to where I can get my hand on you and you do not leave my side or area, right, where I can still touch you, my space, you do not leave until I give you further instruction, whether that's a release or whatever it is we're doing. Sometimes it is a release to go back out and play. But I teach that specifically. And even when I catch myself saying, come inside, I still make sure that I touch him as he comes inside and I give him a release. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not confusing him on what come means, right? If you walk your dog and you're like, come on, and they're on a leash and that just means to follow you, then they're really going to be very confused when you ask them to come to you. Using a long leash is very handy. And um, teaching your dog what you want. The thing with come, when you look, when you think about come, mm-hmm. what is the behavior that you need to acknowledge first? I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, the turning to come to me. Excellent, right? People want to wait till the dog gets all the way to them and be like, that's the come, right? It's like waiting for a child to draw in an entire picture with crayons before telling them great job. No, you don't. As soon as the kid gets one thing colored, oh, that is great. Good job. Right? They pick up a crayon and put it on the paper instead of the wall. That's a great job. The second your dog turns and takes a step to you, you're acknowledging. And you're acknowledging, good boy, good job, good boy. Until he gets to you, good boy, good boy. You get a hand right on the side of the collar if they're wearing one. If not, you can just do the harness. And all I do is kind of put a finger in there just to hold them there while I'm still petting with that hand as I'm reaching with the other hand to get the treat out of my bag. I'm feeding them the treat, and then I tell them, okay, and release. If your dog does not come close enough, I don't want you reaching out and grabbing by the collar and pulling them to you. Stop doing that. That guarantees your dog is not going to come close to you because they don't want to be pulled in. Right? It's like that weird great aunt that you had that always grabbed you as soon as you walked in and to hug you. And you're like, you smell like, you know, fish or, you know, old potatoes. I don't know. But it's like, I'm not going to come approach that person because I don't want to be just pulled in and hugged. So you do want to make sure that you're working on it. You can start just simply in the house or in your yard. Every Just sit down. And every time your dog comes in to check on you, tell them how good they are and give them a little treat. If they realize that coming to you randomly gets rewards, you're not going to have that much problem with the recall. My guy comes to me 90% of the time. Probably only three or four times he's not come to me because something has been more exciting and... He was just overly aroused. 
right? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to work on that in that type of environment or at the end of the day where his brain is over, mm-hmm. you know, it's just overflowed. Maybe I just need to touch on that to let him know that no matter what, that is one of those behaviors. I really need you to come to me when I ask you to. And the other, don't overuse it. Jeez, right? If somebody's calling me to them 80 times and 79 of those is nothing, and eight, and that one time I get a reward, yeah, I'm probably going to probably gonna start ignoring that. So make sure you're very clear in what behavior you're looking for. Make sure you understand what that entire process looks like, coming to me, touching, rewarding, releasing, or giving more information. Use a long lead if you need to to help your dog learn, where we'll call them, kind of throw a party. If they're not coming, just kind of reel in very, very lightly. We're not yanking on the leash. You're just reeling in very lightly. And the second they start coming on their own, you stop. You're praising, acknowledging, all kinds of fun things. And then if you are off leash and you're working on things and your dog does not come to you, um, I will call and ask. And then if the dog doesn't, I might ask again. And then I may take four to five steps forward towards them and then call them again. And then I'll get closer the next time. And then at some point I go, okay, this is just, they're not coming at all. Then I just stop calling and I just calmly just go get them. And don't punish, right? Don't get mad at them. Uh, Don't yank them up and, and, you know, take them home. Just go get them. If you have a leash, hook them up, whatever, and say, all right, I need to work on that. That was my bad. Thanks, buddy, for letting me, you know, put a leash on you. I appreciate you. I know that you are over here and you want to see the neighbor dogs. Um, but that's, I really, mama needs you to come. So I'll work on that with you, right? It's, it, you can't blame the dog on that. Uh, so don't be mean. <laughs> Expect <laughs> don't what, you know, yeah. And, and set that expectation of what that looks like. And stop using come for so many other things. Come in the house. Come on. You know, come in the bedroom. When you don't actually follow through with them coming and making contact with you. How's that? Boom. 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 Wow. Yeah, so really work on that because that is so important. And it really the bottom line comes down to acknowledge your dog for good behavior. If you're not telling your dog good boy or good girl 300, 400 times a day, you're missing out on some really good opportunities to help your dog learn that you are made of great things, which means that you'll get more focus when you're out and about. If you don't have great focus in the house, your dog is not going to give you great focus outside. Like, I mean, poor Britt right now is her eyes are going everywhere. I'm calling you out on this. No, sorry, I was. I know you I got was distracted. At your board, like you have so many notes on there. I was just looking. See how she gets distracted. <laughs> As a human, I've also worked. You know, nine hours today already. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But that's, again, where we have to make sure that we are aware of our behavior. And a lot of times our behavior affects the dog's behavior. And, you know, as we've talked about before with nervous systems talk to each other, if you come home in a bad mood, one, your dog is going to be on edge because they're like, well, I didn't know which version I was getting today. But then they're going to be on edge. And then you try to take them for a walk because they've been in the house all day. And it's just a disaster. So just be aware of yourself and give your dog some grace because it's your job to raise them, right? And I'm really towards this more raise your dog, don't train your dog. Raise your dog. 
right? And teach them about this world and, and what they need to know. And what are those important cues, right? Um, I want you guys, here's some homework for you. I want you to sit down and I want you to write down five commands or cues, however you want to look at it, that are an absolute must in your relationship with your dog. I want you to write those down, five. And then I want you to put them in order. What does your dog do the best and what's the least? And I want you to start working on those. So then you know that, okay, well, I've worked on three of these. We are solid. Not going to just forget them forever. We'll, you know, we'll come back and look at them. But now I only have these two to work on. But you really need to make sure that you're getting 80 to 90% response rate on those top five behaviors in all environments. Notice I didn't say 100 because let's not be ridiculous. Let's not be unrealistic here. No, stop being unrealistic, people. We can't be 100% about anything except not being 100%. We are very consistent on not being consistent. That's true. Yeah, so just get as close as you can, right? Yeah, that's what I got. All right. Was that was it? Yeah, for now. We'll do the other five next time. Awesome. Well, next week we have um, Daniel Shaw from, uh, I believe he's from the UK. I'll have all that figured out. It's the first time I've had him on the podcast, but he loved our trauma episodes. And he's a, a neuroscientist and dog trainer, dog behavior, cat behavior. He does a lot of things. We're going to have him on next week. So I'll be recording with him on Tuesday. And hopefully we'll have it out Tuesday evening for you guys and get back on track for our Tuesday release date. Um, really trying to get back on track with things. So, uh, But the first five questions that we get, send in your questions, send in your address with it. And we're going to send you a Dog Speak podcast sticker because you know you want one. Don't lie. Sure. That's it. All right. You got anything else no, to add? I don't. That's it? That's it. Wow. All right, guys. We had a quick one today. We did have a quick one. I appreciate you so very much. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, and I just really hope to see more of you guys either on Zoom or interaction with Instagram or Facebook or, you know, just if in person. Just come out and see us. I miss everybody. And I'm glad to be almost 100% back. Uh, so we'll see. All right, you guys have a great week.